We are continuing our series entitled Tribe. We're, we're looking at what it means to be a, a group of people, a community that is gathered around a cause and that has a purpose. And we talked the, the first uh, time a couple of weeks back about the need to lift each other up, how we are here to encourage and strengthen one another. And, and we had a beautiful time where we actually did that, where we prayed for one another and just spoke words of encouragement, where we clothed each other with hope. And what a great time that was. I know many of you were touched by that, and I hope it's continued. I hope it didn't stop on that Sunday. I hope you continue to clothe each other with encouragement and recognize that that is what it is to be a part of a tribe, to be there for one another and to be there to help one another. And last week we talked about being a part or continuing this story that we are a part of. Remember, we are a tribe gathered around a purpose, and the purpose is Christ, and to continue that story. And, and I shared with you last week, I hope that this week you go out and you tell someone about this story, and encouraged you to try and continue speaking out on behalf of what God has done and is doing in your life. I don't want to raise hands and see who did that because I'm scared. Um, what if no one raises their hand? I, I will feel like I failed. But we have a purpose. We have a goal. We have a reason that we are gathered together. And, and today I want to talk about trust. The need for us as a tribe to trust one another. I mean, what does it look like doing life together? How do we create a community that's genuine? And to, to have a community that is genuine, there has to be trust. I mean, I think back of what it's been like for us so far. I think of all the things that we as a community of people have gone through. I think of the people who have died, the people who I love, the people who we loved, who suffered because of cancer and we lost. I think of the people who are suffering even now with cancer. We, we continue to pray for Terry, and Terry has responded well. They are moving forward with the bone marrow transplant, but they have to finish her chemotherapy. And so we, we know what it's like to journey with our people through those things. I, I think of the kids who have struggled, some who have gone into prison. I think of the marriages that have ended in divorce. I, I think of the babies who've been born, all those babies. We've had like a dedication almost every day, week this last month. And I think of the life and the celebration that comes with that. I, I think of seeing these children grow and as they develop and they get older and seeing their personalities. I'm waiting to hear Charlie's honking from the nursery. <laughs> but you see, this is all part of journeying together. These are the things that we we work through together and the relationships that we develop together for these things to have meaning we have to lean into them and it requires us to have trust 
And trust is a difficult thing for us as people. Trust is something that we have a hard time with. We, we don't like to put ourselves out there because we're afraid. What's going to happen? And so what tends to happen is we close ourselves up to interaction with other people. We, we don't like to put ourselves out there. And then we start to become very critical. There's a story of a man who got stranded on a desert island. You know, he got shipwrecked and it was just for himself. And he was on this island and he was on this island for some years. And, you know, he built himself a place. And one day the plane was going over and they saw this island and they saw these little buildings on the island. And thought, what is this? And it was a seaplane. So they landed and they pulled over and they got out and they went. They saw, oh, we know who you are. You're Joe. Joe, how have you been? We didn't know you were still alive. He goes, yeah, I'm still alive i'm so glad to see you guys well can you show us how you've been living for these years sure come here and he showed him the house this is where i lived this is where i kind of stay i've made it home and, wow joe this is incredible well what's the building next door he goes oh well let me show you i i built a church because i really am a, a person of faith and church is important to me and so i would go here every sunday every wednesday to worship and i did announcements the whole thing i did the announcements of music and the message i i just had everything oh that's amazing Amazing, Joe. Well, what's that building on the other side? Oh, I don't want to talk about that. Why not? No, tell us about it, Joe. No, really, it's not important. It's not important. We need to know, Joe. Come on, there's another building. What's it? He goes, well, that's the church I used to go to. <laughs> and sometimes it seems like that's the case, right? We, we have this, I like it until... I like it until something doesn't go my way. I like it until I don't like what I hear. I like it until I feel hurt. And what we do is we start to put up these kind of requirements. And think about it. Think if we were to put those kind of requirements on a relationship, on a marriage, on friends, on family. You see... To have a good community, it's not necessarily that the community is good. In fact, the community, if it's just okay, it should be good enough. Because it's good enough for you to participate in and be a part of. Because no community is going to be good without problems, without difficulties. No relationship that's worth its weight in anything is going to be perfect. In fact, the depth of the relationship is going to be born in the times of difficulty and hardship. When the roots grow deep, then the relationship is strong. And the roots only grow deep when the winds hit hard. And the same thing is true in our community. Turn with me to James chapter 5. The book of James chapter 5. And we're going to start verse 13. James 5 verse 13. It says, Is anyone among you in trouble? Now where trouble could also be suffering. Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. 
Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Does that make you feel a little uncomfortable? Confess to one another your sins. Go on, I'll give you a few moments. What, what do you think when you hear something like that? If anyone's suffering, if anyone is in trouble, then we are supposed to pray. How, how are we to pray unless we know you're in trouble? You see, a lot of times people assume that we should know what's happening in their lives. But unless you tell someone, how are we to know? Well, I posted it on Facebook last week. I'm sorry, I didn't catch that hour that it was on the feed and I don't know. And they get all bent because you don't know the hurt they're going through. Then you get all bent because they didn't ask you about the hurt you're going through. And you see, what has to happen is there has to be an openness. If, if we don't speak our unpleasant truths, our unpleasant truths find unpleasant ways to speak to us. And this is true about every area of our lives. If there is something unpleasant happening with you, maybe it's something you're doing. You've got a problem with gambling. You've got a problem with drugs, pornography. And, and so this unpleasant thing that's in you just stays in you. And if you don't bring this unpleasant thing, this unpleasant thing will have unpleasant effects on your life. It will have unpleasant effects on the relationships that you are involved in. Because now you're being distant. Now you're, you're covering up the genuine. And you cannot have a deep relationship if you're not being genuine. You're having an artificial relationship. And it's a superficial relationship. Because there's other people who are struggling. They're in trouble. And they need someone to pray for them. But I don't want them to know my business. Pray for me, bro. I hate that term, bro. Sorry. <laughs> it's the generic, you know. I don't know your name, bro. You know, if I knew your name, I'd say your name, but I don't. So if you hear me call you bro, you know, I don't know your name. And so I don't want you to know what's going on in me. So just pray for me. What, what can I pray about? Oh, I just got some things. Okay. You lost your Legos. I mean, what, 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 are you, what are the things? What does that mean? Well, you know, I'm just struggling with some things. Okay, well, I can pray for you, but wouldn't it be great to have someone you can go and say, pray for me, I've got a problem with gambling. Oh, really? How long has it been? It's been for years, man. Oh, wow. And now you start having a conversation. And so now this unpleasant thing that is a part of your life starts to be exposed in the light. And now you've got someone who knows what's going on in your life 
And now it becomes less powerful because it's not the secret that it used to be. And all of a sudden when it's exposed, then you're able to find the healing. You see, it's the secret in the shadows that starts to germinate and become something that's cancerous. Something that eats at us. But we we don't like to be open. We don't like to deal with these unpleasant things. And, And a lot of the illnesses that we endure are because of guilts that are not dealt with. It causes ulcers. It causes mental depression. It causes an effect on our bodies because we are hiding something and living a double life and you can't live that life and it not affect you in some way. It's going to show up in unpleasant ways. And you see, part of what a healthy tribe is is a people who are able to talk. It doesn't mean you talk to everybody. And you have to be wise with who and how you talk to people, but your purpose is to be real and to be genuine because you are not alone. And it's wonderful to find out that someone else struggles like you. I know it seems kind of like, oh boy, you have a gambling problem too. I'm so happy. What I am is thankful that I'm not alone and you and me can go through this together. You and me can can strengthen one another and we can talk about these things and we can discuss these things. But if we hide who we are truthfully from others, then our tribe will never be genuine. And that's why we're moving in this direction with the connect and with the celebrate recovery is to move to a place where we can open up and understand. One of the things that celebrate recovery or even, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous starts off with, they say, hi, my name is Sam. Hi, Sam. Alcoholics Anonymous will say, and I'm an alcoholic. Celebrate Recovery does it a little bit different. It's a a faith-based group. So what they do is they say, hi, my name is Sam, and I am a follower of Jesus, and I struggle with alcohol. And the reason it starts off that way, because you might think, well, I don't like that. You know, I don't like coming up there and saying, hey, here's my problem because we're trying to get better. But the whole purpose of that is to disarm the stigma. Oh, you struggled with alcohol? Oh, you struggled with gambling? Oh, you struggled with whatever it is. It's out in the open and now it's not a stigma anymore. Guess what? You're welcome here. Why? Because we all struggle with something. We all have hurts, hang-ups, habits. And the purpose is to come together and get the strength by trusting that we are supposed to be together and we are going to help each other. There are things that happen to us, hurts that occur, that affect us. You know, you've heard of PTSD, the post-traumatic stress disorder from those who are in the military, but it happens to more than just people who are in the military. It can happen to parents. 
It can happen with an event that happens in your life. You get a phone call, you find something out in a relationship, and all of a sudden you're traumatized. And now every time that phone rings, you panic. Every time you see something, it reminds you, and you go back to this place. And sometimes we're not even aware of that because we're just pushing on living. I've got to go to work. I've got to go to school. I've got to take care of these things. I've got to pay the bills. And we just move forward in our life. And inside there's this, this problem that's taking place that we just kind of keep pushing down, pushing down, pushing down. Well, the purpose of a healthy tribe is to be able to trust each other so that we can open up and get the help that we need. I have a a friend, a couple people actually, who who do this counseling. It's eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. It's EMDR. Let's call it that, okay? And what they do is they have you close your eyes slightly and then they start talking to you. And what happens is when there is a a traumatic event that takes place in your mind, your eyes cannot help but move because it connects to you in a deep way. And so they'll be talking about something and all of a sudden your eyes move and they see what your eyes move and they start asking questions further about that. I have a friend of mine who went through that. He went through that with a counselor. And as she was talking to him, she was saying, okay, well, let's talk about this and tell me about this. And he mentioned a cat that he had and his eyes moved. And she says, well, let's talk about that cat. What was the cat's name? And he told her the cat's name. And then he started weeping. You see, he's gone through a divorce And that cat was part of his attachment to, we are a family. They didn't have children, but that cat was just that symbol of this is a family that we have. And just seeing that and talking about that cat, all of a sudden it broke him. And he was like, what the heck is going on with me? Why am I crying? Because something traumatic has happened to you and you need to grieve. And he was in a place where he could open up and trust her with these things. He was comfortable where he could cry. Is there someone you can cry to? Is there someone you can talk to? And when things get overwhelming, you can call them up and say, I just need to talk. Can we get together? And you can hug and you can cry and you can pour out your soul because there's times where you're going to need it. There's times where the hurt is going to be there and you need to be able to express it. We have this problem, though. We don't want to talk about our sins. We don't want to confess our sins to one another. We don't want to have that openness so the prayer can actually heal us. We just want to look good. We want to act like everything's okay, even when it's not. And we don't understand that the problems that are there in our lives are actually the answers that we need as a community. Your problems are the answer to the tribe here of Genesis. You say, what do you mean by that? In every problem, if you don't look at it as just a problem, but you look at it as this problem is the answer. Homelessness. We've got a homeless problem. Homelessness is the answer. What we need to do is find out What is going on and why these people are homeless? Some of them are veterans. Actually, a lot of homeless people are veterans. Is that curious? Why is that? What is the reason for so many people who have dealt or had this dealt in their life in this way find themselves homeless? 
How many people are suffering from mental illness? And so what we start to understand is the homelessness starts to show us what is wrong with society. And when we start understanding what's wrong with society, we actually start to fix what's wrong. And that's what ends the homelessness more than just going out and giving a meal. See, the answer holds the problem. Saul and Paul was the same thing. Saul of Tarsus is going to stop this sect. These people who call themselves Christians, they're going around spreading everything. That was the problem. And he went and he encountered the risen Christ and he saw that this problem was actually the answer he needed in his life. Your marriage, your relationships, you have a problem that's there. That problem is the answer. You deal with that problem, it's going to uncover what is needed in your relationship. It's going to expose the things that need to be exposed. And so your struggle, your problem is the answer to what Genesis needs. Because what you're going through is what we need to learn about so that we can be helpful. Because you're not alone. And what if we had a community that was open? that was able to deal with these things. See, most of the time when there's conflict, we just want to stop it. That's what war is, right? You have a conflict with someone, I'm going to stop it, I'll kill you. There, that's my answer to the conflict. You have a problem in your marriage, okay, it's a divorce. We'll stop that conflict. Instead of dealing with the conflict and saying, this conflict has the answer to the problems that we're having, What are they? Let's step into it and let's trust that these things are going to happen. But what we do is have these unaccepted and these accepted terms. And we play these little games. And this is where, again, being genuine is so important. You know, if I were to say everybody here has doubts. Yes, we all have doubts. That's acceptable. It's acceptable to admit that everyone has doubts. What's unacceptable is to talk about those doubts. It's unacceptable for me to stand up here and say, you know, sometimes I don't know if this whole Christian thing is true. (gasps) You ever have those doubts? Maybe. Why do you too? See, oh no, I'm insecure now if you have those doubts. Well, I don't want to pretend. You see, it's acceptable to say you have doubts, but it's unacceptable to talk about them. It's acceptable to say you have issues and struggles in your life, but it's unacceptable to actually talk about them. Oh, yeah, you know, have a struggle with lust. Oh, yeah, that's acceptable. Everyone has a struggle. Well, can I talk to you about it? Well, no, I don't want to hear about that. And so we have the acceptable idea. We know it's out there, but it's unacceptable to really explore it. The idea of confessing your sin one to another means exposing those things with each other so that now it becomes acceptable. What would happen if this community, this tribe, accepted everything that was in you and everyone knew that you were accepted just as you are? Well, you say, oh yeah, that's what we are. Really? Who wants to get up here and talk about everything that's in them, right? And I don't want you to come up here and talk about everything that's in you. But do you have someone who knows? 
is there an openness to be genuine? How do we find this way to address this? Or do we find an indirect way to address these things and that way we can know they're there, acknowledge them, but never really deal with them? See, some people go to a bar, they have a great time, they drink, they party, they want to forget their troubles. They're just like, hey, let's just go have a great time. They go have a great time, but their problems are still there Monday morning. They wake up, they have to deal with their financial issues, they have to deal with their marital issues, their relational issues. It's still there. It doesn't go away. Well, you know, some people come here to church and they get a fix. They get moved by the music and they hear a very wonderful and inspirational, magnificent message. And and they get all these things and then they go back to work Monday and it's the same thing. You didn't go to a bar. You just came to church to get your fix, but you didn't open up. You didn't deal with the things that are there. And so all you did was feel good for a day. It's no different than going to a bar. It's no different than partying. It only changes when you trust someone with your life. It only changes when we open up and are genuine. It's only going to change if we are honest with ourselves and with the people who are near to us. And and we don't want to play church. We want to open up and be genuine. In Galatians chapter 6, starting at verse 1, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, let's talk about it. No. You who live by the Spirit should restore that person gently. But watch yourselves, or you also may be tempted. Tempted how? He goes on. Carry each other's burdens And in this you will fulfill the law of Christ. If anyone thinks they are something when they are not, they deceive themselves. Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. For each one should carry their own load. Nevertheless, the one who receives instructions in the word should share in the good things with their instructor. And so he's saying that we should... Help those who are caught in the sin. And I love this idea of caught. It's ensnared. Someone who's ensnared. I mean, there's a lot of reason that we sin. There's a lot of things that happen in our lives. We, we give in. We, we care more about this passion that we have than about doing what's right. And it's probably deep-seated. There's probably a lot of reasons why. There's probably a lot of insecurities and struggles that are showing up. And so someone is caught there ensnared in this way of life. Then we are to come along and help them gently. And he says to watch ourselves so that we're not tempted. The idea is not be tempted to thinking you're better than them. To thinking that, hey, yeah, let me help you. See, I don't have those problems. You think you're something but you need to understand you're you're just like them. And I love what he says here when he says, 
Each one should test their own actions. Then they can take pride in themselves alone without comparing themselves to someone else. We are to compare our work not with our neighbor, but with our potential. I don't compare what I am to you. I compare what I am to who I'm supposed to be. Is anyone here who they are supposed to be yet? Okay, there's work. But when you get closer, you can be proud that you move forward. But you see, now you're not looking down on someone because you know where you're supposed to be. Now you have the ability to help them because they need to be somewhere else too. You're not where you should be. They're not where they should be. Guess what? You're part of the same tribe. You're here to help each other. And you see, this is what a tribe, a healthy tribe looks like. This is what a healthy community is. A people who are connected to one another with all the faults, with all the hang-ups, a people that are genuine, that can talk openly with each other, like you would your friends, without the worry of stigma, someone looking down on you. Well, if you knew this about me, you wouldn't let me come here. No, you don't understand what you have and those things. That's the answer to what we need. We need you and we need your problems because they are telling us who we need to be, where we need to change, where we need to grow, where we need to love. They are showing us the community that we need to become when we see who you really are. And you are robbing us of becoming that if you do not share it. So where can we share it? How can we share it? Because that's the struggle. It has to be in a place that's environment. That's why we're starting groups like the Connect. That's why we're starting things like the Celebrate Recovery. Because we need to move to a place where it is an environment where you can open, where you can share, where you can grow, where we can learn, where we can find out what the needs are and we can meet those needs because now we know them. You will not be condemned. You will not be judged. I know who I need to be and I'm not there yet. So I want to help you to be who you need to be because we are in this together and this is what we want this is what it looks like to trust and it's hard because people will hurt you i'm sorry to tell you that and we as a community will let you down i just want to get that out and open right now if you think genesis is the perfect place i'm scared because the day is going to happen when you're going to say oh You're not. No, we're not. We got lots of dysfunction. We're growing because we're growing together. The people who make up this community are people who are like you, that struggle, have hurts, have habits, have hang-ups. But we trust God is working in us And we want to trust that we can help each other. And so let's do it together. Let's pray. Father, it's so easy to talk about trusting you. It's so easy to say that we trust you. But Lord, it's so difficult to open up and actually even talk to you about the problems that are actually taking place with us. 
Father, we, we rarely confess our sins to you, let alone to one another. And that only shows how distant we are from being genuine. It, it only exposes those areas of weakness in us and in us as a community. Lord, may we see that the needs that are in our lives are actually the answers that are needed to make a healthy community. And may we not shy away because we've been hurt before. May we not back away from you, but may we step in and trust that in this hurt, you are going to bring healing. In this place of failure, you are going to bring strength that in these places where father we have fallen that is where you pick us up and you're going to use us as a community to pick each other up may you restore our souls may you make us genuine as we desire to be honest with you and with one another. It's who we are. I ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's worship in this song right now. May your brokenness be exposed. And may you find healing instead of hiding. May your tribe surround you gently and encourage you to be who you were created to be as we journey there together. God bless you guys. Hope to see you at 1 o'clock at the building. God bless you.